welcome to the Confident Feminine Body Podcast, a place of healing and transformation in your relationship with your body, food, and fitness. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marbury. I'm an intuitive healer and coach and founder of our Confident Feminine Body Program, where I help women build their self-worth from the inside out, free their voice, and love the sexy skin they're in without diets, deprivation, and self-sacrifice. Think of this podcast as your empowering and fun self-love guide, where you'll get real-time advice and tangible tools as we navigate this body and food freedom journey together. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to the show. First, I want to say thank you for all of the love around my COVID recovery. I am so happy to report that my asthmatic cough has gone away. Thank goodness I can breathe again. And I'm super excited to record a podcast and be feeling good, be feeling like my energetic self. So thank you for being on this journey with me, for all of your supportive messages you sent me on Instagram, Facebook, email. I love you so much. I'm so happy you're a part of this community. So today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is fitness and movement. And we're going to unearth why so many of us struggle to create a consistent movement practice, why so many of us have like a love-hate relationship with exercise, and really we've been kind of conditioned to dislike exercise. It often just falls in that should category of, well, this is something I should do to be healthy, and there's a lot of shame around not having a movement practice. So today we are going to be unearthing four signs that you have an unhealthy relationship with exercise. And before I get into these four things, first and foremost, you, only you know deep, deep down inside if your relationship with fitness is healthy or unhealthy. So as always, you are the best guru of your body. But as as I'm, I'm sharing these with you today, these four signs, of an unhealthy relationship with exercise, I challenge you to really look within your heart and be honest and uh, see if any of these resonate with you. And I also want to say that um, all four of these were beliefs that I held around fitness. And when I was in a very toxic relationship with my fitness routine, And so I personally have experienced all of these and it's part of why I feel so comfortable talking about it, right? So if you do identify with any of these signs and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing that. I do have an unhealthy relationship with fitness. I don't want you to beat yourself up. I want you to come at it from a place of getting curious about how you could start to shift this. And I'm also going to be sharing details of our upcoming 21-day movement and mindset immersion that starts on November 1st. It's 21 days to locking in an empowered fitness routine you love and can stick with. And it's going to be awesome. And you can find that information by looking at the show notes of this episode. And we'll be sure to put the link in there. Going to Instagram and clicking on the link in my bio. If you're in our Confident Feminine Body Facebook group, make sure you're in there. Go to Confident Feminine Body 
group.com. You can join our group and I'm posting the link in there to join the 21 day immersion. Okay, so let's get into the four signs that you have an unhealthy relationship with exercise. The first sign is you hold the belief that fit has a look. And this is where you have to be really honest with when I say to you, what does a fit person look like? What does a healthy person look like? Many of us go to the place that we've been conditioned to think. Many of us, if we're being honest, start to imagine someone who is thin, muscular, toned. You might have a picture of someone you follow on social media that you kind of imagine is fit. And this is where I want you to dig really deep and ask yourself, how do I know? Is it true that I can look at a person and really know if they're fit and if they're healthy? And to me, fit and healthy kind of coincide because a lot of times when say, people say, well, I want to be fit. And I say, well, why? They say, well, I want to be healthy. So even those are two separate things. I think in our brains, we tie them together. So I want you to ask yourself, what do I mean when I say healthy? And get really curious about if you view thinness, this ideal thinness that we've all been kind of spoon fed in this diet culture that we live in, is that what you think is healthy? Is that what you are chasing? And what I want you to ponder is that the truth is, is that you can't look at a person and know if they're healthy because not only do we, when we think about health, we think about physical health, but we also think about mental, emotional, spiritual health, right? So when I was struggling with binge eating disorder and I was a dance major in college, you might have seen me walking down the street in New York City and said, that girl is healthy. If you just judge me by the way I looked, you might not know that I was tortured. I was had a very unhealthy relationship with food, a very unhealthy relationship with my body. And it's really important to ask yourself, am I putting you know, whether it's thinness or whether it's muscle tone or whether it's, we all have these like rigid rules in our brains around what is fit. You know, I remember when I was struggling, one of my goals was to not have my thighs touch. Where did that belief come from? That in order for me to be fit, my thighs didn't touch. And it's, it's really important to, again, ask yourself, what is fit? To me, fit is healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And from the physical standpoint, there are so many other ways to gauge health besides weight. And I'm not going to get into it a lot in this episode, but I encourage you to go explore the health at every size movement. And I also want to be clear that I'm not saying that you can't be thin and be healthy. You can. You can be thin and be healthy, but you can also be in a larger body and be healthy. There are a lot of different components that impact our body size and shape, right? Like our genetics, like the environment that we were raised in. What kind of access to food did we have? What level of trauma have we experienced? 
So it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. There's no one body type. We are all different and we're not supposed to all look the same. So really asking yourself, coming back to that question of what is my goal? What What would being fit to me feel like versus what it would look like? That's the question I really want you to ask yourself. How do you want to feel? And along those lines of how you want to feel, notice if you're consuming social media content that is making you feel bad about your body, that is making you feel like you're not doing enough, that you need to shift it, that you need to change it. If you feel bad after consuming it, unfollow those accounts, block those accounts, stop consuming whatever content is making you feel bad about yourself. It seems so simple, but a lot of us, we just kind of get into these habits, right? And we think, oh, I'm I'm consuming this to be inspired. And then we feel bad about ourselves. So that is one action step you can take today is start consuming different body shapes and types because you can go search on Instagram and find people in all different size bodies working out, moving their bodies for pleasure, for joy, um, feeling at peace with food, feeling empowered and confident in their bodies and every, every size and shape, right? So if you're only consuming this one thing and you're realizing that's why you're locked into it, then go open your eyes. There's a whole world out there of people who are healthy at any size. The second sign that you may have an unhealthy relationship with exercise is you believe in the no pain, no gain mentality. And if you've done boot camps, if you've done anything super intense, this is just prevalent in gym culture, right? Like you got to break those muscles down to build them up. And there's just kind of this energy of you have to push, you have to force, otherwise you're never going to grow. And yes, you... It, it, it can be helpful to challenge yourself, right? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with challenging yourself, but this saying of no pain, no gain is absolutely a lie. And what it does is it, it puts you into this mindset of you can't take a day off. You become extremely rigid in your workout routine, which rigidity rarely leads to joy, in my opinion. And you keep pushing, you keep forcing your body, and then what happens? You will get injured. You will get injured or you will be so sore that you'll have to take a week off or two weeks off from exercise and then you lose quote unquote motivation and then you have to re, you know, motivate yourself to get back. And it's this whole mentality of don't listen to your body, listen to me, your, you know, external voice, your trainer or whoever it is telling you push, 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 push. And I really truly believe that in order to build sustainable relationship with fitness, it has to come from a place of honoring and listening to your body. That is how it is sustainable. We are not machines. We are human beings. (laughs) Okay, with feelings and emotions and different levels of energy on any given day. And your body is so wise. It will tell you if you're starting to push too hard and you need to pull back. But the diet culture, the toxic fitness culture, 
doesn't want you to listen to that. It wants you to keep pushing, pushing, pushing because they're trying to convince you that that is the way to your 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 strength and your breakthrough, right? So there has to be a little bit of balance here because how could you how do you think your relationship with fitness would change if it was coming from a place of honoring and listening to your body versus coming at it from a place of I need to break you down. I need to punish you. And I know you're hurting and I know that I'm feeling a really strong pull on my hamstring, but I'm just going to push through it because that's what my trainer's telling me to do. And then you get injured. How is that sustainable? I don't, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And it's, it makes me so mad because I even saw this when I had a yoga and dance studio. I saw newbie yoga practitioners coming in and um, I would, I would always offer like, modifications to poses like you can bring this down to your knees and we with the best of intentions we come into a class like that and we're like okay I gotta like I gotta do this I just you know it's it's kind of this unrealistic expectation we have of ourselves of I it's our ego right like I have to I'm just gonna push through this and I'm not gonna listen but the the long-term game here you guys is that when you actually do listen and say wow, I am going to put my knees down in this pose because then I can engage my abdominals even better and I actually can breathe deeper, which is the whole point of yoga is breathing into the posture. Then you start to cultivate a trust with your body, right? You start to cultivate, uh, I got you, I got you. And it movement quickly becomes much more pleasurable and enjoyable because it comes from a place of listening and loving on the body versus seeing this body as not good enough, not strong enough, not flexible enough, horrible, too big, too small, not curvy enough, too curvy, whatever your story is. And it comes from a place of how am I feeling? And it's it's that perspective of inside out versus outside in. At the end of the day, inside out is always going to serve you because as I said at the beginning of this podcast, you are the best guru of your body. I can't tell you if you should walk faster or slower. I can't tell you if you should run longer or shorter. Only you know that because you're inside of your body. And yes, a coach can absolutely help you in asking the questions in um, in coaching you around any kind of healing you that that's required for you to let go of these limiting beliefs about fitness, about body size, about, you know, there's, there's absolutely room for seeking support for sure. But the whole no pain, no gain mentality is really a very quick path to injury, soreness, and lack of sustainability. And in my opinion is, is the furthest thing from healthy right? When we say, oh, well, I'm doing this because I'm trying to get healthy. It, to me, those are two totally separate things, right? It's actually extremely unhealthy to push to the point of pain. And when I was teaching yoga, what I told my students is we want to have sensation in the body, right? Yeah. If you're building your strength, it's okay to have sensation in the body. You want to feel it, right? You want to you want to feel that the muscles are working. But pain, ooh, you back off right away. You back off right away. That is the red flag smoke signal from the body. You've gone too far, right? And when we stuff that down and we push it down, 
it will lead to injury. And then what is that? What is injury? It's your body's way of saying, stop sign, red flag. I'm not doing this anymore. So whether you're, you know, it doesn't matter. You're not listening to me. I'm going to take over. We're injured. Now you're in bed, (laughs) right? So please listen to your body. Please honor your body's wisdom. The third sign that you have an unhealthy relationship with exercise is that you work out to compensate for the foods that you eat, or sometimes you work out to compensate for the foods that you're planning on eating. This was something that I struggled with for many, many years when I was in a toxic relationship with my fitness routine. I remember, you know, having a what felt like a heavy meal to me. And then um, the next day feeling like I had to clock extra time on the treadmill. Okay. So if you are doing that, that is a huge red flag of it's time to reevaluate your relationship with your body and fitness and food. Um, I want to say too, that if this is a constant thing for you. If this is a really, if this point is standing out as, oh yeah, I do that all of the time. I invite you to seek treatment for that. It could be a sign that you are struggling with disordered eating. So I invite you to seek a counselor who could support you with that. But the thing that I want to to highlight is that diet culture really encourages this, right? It So diet culture promotes the belief that you are good when you eat this food and you're bad when you eat this food. And so when you're, when you're being bad and you're eating this food that is, has been demonized, then what do you have to do? You have to go to the gym and work it off. Right. And one of the things that really kept me stuck in in this unrelenting cycle of just feeling like no matter how much I worked out, it just, it was never enough to, to balance out the foods I was eating. And this is back when I was tracking calories, which again is another red flag. If you are doing your workout and you are tracking the calories from your workout, that's another sign that you are still really subscribed to this belief that you cannot be trusted with your own body, that you must try to control it. And, and really the belief that your body size is a hundred percent in your control, which it actually isn't true. Your genetics have a huge component of how your body is going to be shaped and all of the different, um, social oppressions that, that depending on what level of oppression you have in your life, that actually will impact your body as well, right? So the idea that our body size is 100% within our control is a lie that, again, diet culture wants you to believe because if you believe that, you're going to keep spending money, right? You're going to sign up for the newest wellness trend or the whole 30 or you're going to sign up for 75 hard because you think okay, like I, this is a hundred percent of my control and, um, I have to go do these things. So diet culture is like a multi-billion dollar industry for a reason. They want you to keep coming back. And none of these things are sustainable. None of these things actually promote long-term weight loss. 
there's a stat out there of um, people who do lose weight in these programs, 98% of them within five years will gain the weight back or even more. So essentially, it's this treadmill that diet culture wants you to be on to keep coming back and you're stuck in this cycle. And instead of blaming them, you blame yourself. It's a nasty little cycle. I lived in it for so long. And I hope that if this information is new to you, like this, this podcast episode is super, super high level on this stuff. I'm going to link in the show notes, lots of different resources. If you want to explore the health at every size movement, if you want to explore intuitive eating, I highly recommend going the intuitive eating route and healing your relationship with food. Christy Harrison is an expert in that. Um, So I can, I can drop links to that in the show notes of this episode, But I just want you to really look at if you are working out to compensate for the foods that you eat, that is a red flag and it will also make it so your your relationship with exercise, again, is coming from a place of punishment, okay? If I eat a cupcake and then I say to myself, now I have to go run three miles, what am I doing? I am punishing myself. I am compensating for that food because I'm telling myself I shouldn't have had that food. I feel tremendous guilt. And so what do I have to do? I have to go work this off. And again, when you're when you're moving your body from that place of lack and scarcity, it's not going to be pleasurable. It's not going to be joyful. It's not going to be intuitive. And it sure as hell is not sustainable. So if you struggle with consistency in your movement practice, this could be why. This could be one of the reasons why. And again, if this is a struggle you're in, I invite you to seek support around it because it's it's not just a simple like I, I give you an affirmation and you're done with it, okay? Um, I had to seek a lot of professional support to get out of that cycle, but I do want you to notice how subtle it is. I mean, I went to a workout class, I don't know, a couple months ago. And it was this conversation of, oh, I had so much dessert last night. I'm so happy I'm here. And it, and it, we just joke about it. And it's so normalized in our society. It's so normalized. And we are coming up on the holidays, you guys. Like, are you, you know, like, hello, you're going to see it everywhere. People are going to want to sell you things to make money off of your guilt around eating food. I mean, let's don't even get me started. I get so amped up about this. But I hope that this point is just helping you to even think about how you talk about it with yourself, with others. And I encourage you to notice if even if you don't feel like you're locked in a disordered eating pattern or whatever it is, that notice if you're adding to the conversation of we should feel guilty about the foods we eat and therefore we should go and make up for it at the gym. I would love for us as a collective and a community to stop that conversation and instead just step into a place of I'm here, I'm excited to move my body, I'm going to listen to it, I'm going to honor it, I'm, I'm here to celebrate what I can do today and if I can't do something, that's okay, letting go of the rigidity. And just deciding that you are not going to feed into this diet culture mentality anymore. And the fourth sign you have an unhealthy relationship with exercise is your sole purpose of exercise is weight loss. And I've already touched on a lot of reasons why focusing solely on weight is not healthy. But what I want to share with you is a list of ways 
that you can track your health without using your scale and and without tracking your weight. And these are points that Dr. Maggie Landes shared with me. She's an anti-diet physician and coach. And I actually had her on the podcast episode 16. Um, It was one of our most popular podcast episodes. So go back and listen to episode 16 with Dr. Maggie. She has so much wisdom and she's also an intuitive eating expert. If you're needing support to get into that, go see Dr. Maggie. So here I'm going to list off different ways that you could measure your success. Because one of the objections that I hear when I am talking to clients about this is they're like, well, Elizabeth, if I can't weigh myself, if, I, if I'm if i not tracking my weight, how do I measure my success? How do I measure my progress? Here's a list of other ways that you can measure your health. So one is resting heart rate. Two, blood pressure. Sleep quality. How well are you sleeping? Lipid profile, glucose profile, including a measure of insulin resistance and HGBA1C, exercise tolerance, liver function tests, your flexibility and your balance. As you're as you're working out, you're gonna notice, wow, my flexibility is improving. I, I feel more balanced. What about your energy level? So those are objective measures, but in terms of thinking of mental emotional impacts of movement and health, you can think about your mood, right? Your energy level. Do you have healthy social connections and relationships in your life? And what is your mental health like? So again, all of these different ways have nothing to do with the number on the scale. And they're all different ways to measure and track your physical and check in with your mental emotional health as well. And what I want to leave you with is when I let go of needing to fix and shrink and tighten my external body, like the the body that you see from the outside, when I stopped trying to fix it, movement became a doorway into my mental and emotional and spiritual being and health. And it made movement something that I craved, that I looked forward to because it was a time of checking in. It was a time of listening. And by walking outside in nature every day, consistently seven days a week, my physical health has improved. I go for a hike with my husband and I don't feel as winded walking up the hill. And it's simply because I move my body consistently every day, a little bit. And I think that's something that's a powerful reminder to all of us is we kind of think of fitness as this like elusive thing, like way up high on the mountain of, you know, the three days of cardio, two days of weightlifting, two days of stretching, eating the, eating all the quote, right foods. Like there's just this, like, it always felt so overwhelming to me. And what I want to share with you is just that story of mine, which is, just a simple walk outside every day has changed my physical fitness level. I am stronger. I have um, more sustainability on hikes. I have more energy. I have more clarity. My creativity level has boosted at work. To me, bigger than the physical, which of course is important. I mean, it's not, it's not that it's bigger. It's just in addition to the physical 
is my mental and emotional and spiritual well-being. When I let go of trying to hit a goal weight and, and threw that out the window and started listening and honoring my body, everything changed and movement became more sustainable and more pleasurable. I hope you feel served by today's episode. I know that I'm sharing a lot of unconventional beliefs around fitness, and I hope it brought up some really important questions for you to ask yourself, to sit with, to meditate on, and I hope it will serve you. If you love today's episode or you learned something new, please share this episode with a friend so we can reach the hearts and ears of people all over the world. I also want to invite you to join me in our upcoming Movement and Mindset 21-Day Immersion. It's 21 days to locking in an empowered fitness routine that you love and you can stick with. And it's going to be so much fun. I've run this immersion a couple times and it always creates this sense of community and accountability and support as we go through it together. And I'm going to teach you the five key factors to mastering your mindset so you can really achieve the results that you're after in your relationship with your body and your life. And I'm going to teach you the exact steps I took to create a movement habit I do every day, despite having two young kids and two businesses. So if I can do it, you can do it. And we're going to start to uncover the shadows and often subconscious limiting beliefs that are keeping you stuck in a cycle of self-sacrifice and sabotage. And it's a really supportive container for that. You're also going to just leave the 21 days feeling like you have a totally new and empowered approach to fitness. It's so much easier to do this work in community with me as your coach and mentor and with all the other women who are going to be stepping into this container, recommitting to themselves and recommitting to really listening and honoring and dancing with their bodies. So I'll drop the link in the show notes to our 21 day movement and mindset immersion. The link is also in my IG and my Instagram profile. You can find me at Elizabeth Marbury and As always, join us on Facebook, confidentfemininebodygroup.com. I am sending you guys so much love today and always. Namaste. I'm Elizabeth Marbury, and I want to thank you for listening and hanging out with me today. Join our free community of brave soul sisters who are crushing it on their journey to body love and food freedom by going to confidentfemininebodygroup.com. That's confidentfemininebodygroup.com. And be sure to download my free gift while you're there. I'd also love to hang out with you on social media. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Elizabeth Marbury. I am sending you so much love today and always. See you next time.